0: Welcome back to the WayBK podcast. Uh, This year, as you know, we're going through the Gospel of Luke and trying to learn lessons about what it means to follow Jesus and be a disciple, uh, as well as the nature of Jesus' kingdom, the environment that he wants us to live in in our relationship with him. So uh, today we're going to be in Luke chapter 3. Before we get started, I want to ask you a question to think about. And maybe if you're in the car or you're with somebody, you could pause this. You guys could chat about it a little bit and uh, help yourself think about it some. Here's the question. What is good preaching? What is good preaching? Or maybe to ask it another way, what defines a good preacher? Now, actually, if you're not even a believer or religious or Christian in any sense of the word, you probably have some ideas about this, right? You at least know what religious people think is a good preacher. You may even have some images pop in your head that you've seen on the covers of books at, uh, at a bookstore or things you've seen on TV or on YouTube or something like that. And there's different images, right? For some people, that means that a preacher needs to be uh, really polished, maybe dressed in a nice way, kind of like half comedian, half motivational speaker, uh, all woven through with some Jesus-speak. Uh, for other people, it's about authenticity, right? I want a guy who's wearing a pair of like ripped-up jeans and he's got a tattoo because you know he had a past and he wears you know cool hipster glasses or something like that. I don't know. Um, but the idea there would be is, hey, I want somebody who gets me, who's uh, a normal person. He's not like obviously a preacher. As a matter of fact, if you didn't know that it was a sermon on YouTube, you wouldn't know. Uh, that he was a preacher. My point is, everybody has these different ideas about what makes a good preacher. It's interesting, before Jesus showed up, God actually sent a preacher to get people prepped for Jesus' arrival. So Jesus is about to come and start preaching and teaching and you know telling people about the kingdom of God and what it means and what God wants from him and all that kind of stuff. Um, but God had prophesied in Isaiah chapter 40 that before he arrived, he would send... A messenger a voice who would call out to people and would prepare them for his coming uh, so in Luke chapter 3 and actually same thing we learn in uh, Matthew chapter 3 Mark chapter 1 and John chapter 1 all four Gospels record the story of John the Baptist who was Jesus cousin um, by birth but more importantly he was this one who was preparing people for the coming of Jesus and his preaching is really interesting because I think what we should do when we read about John the Baptist is see, okay, this is what good preaching should be. It may not be the totality of it, although it really carries most of the fundamental qualities of what God thinks good preaching is. In other words, um, John shows us the kind of qualities that we should be looking for, uh, in the people who are influencing us in our pursuit of God. All right, so if you start in uh, Luke chapter 3, you'll see John starts preaching because the Word of God came to him. I'm going to suggest that's the first thing that defines good preaching is it's rooted in the Word of God. Chapter 3 and verse 2, "...the Word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness." If somebody's preaching things and it's not the Word of God, and of course in our context, the way you can know that is whether or not they're speaking from Scripture. A lot of times preachers will get up there, they'll talk, they'll make up some cool stories, they'll make you cry, they'll make you laugh, but they're not saying anything about Scripture. Or, they're using Scripture, they're using the Word of God, and actually when you go back and examine the words that they're speaking, it's like, wait, what you're saying isn't exactly what the Word of God saying. I mean, you pulled that quote out, but This is kind of not really what the Word of God is saying. So, good preaching is rooted in the true Word of God, and it accurately uses the Word of God. Here's another characteristic of John in his uh, preaching career, which kind of gets summarized here in Luke chapter 3. Not only was he rooted in the Word of God and preaching the Word of God, but he wasn't seeking popularity or acceptance. You notice in verse 2 it says that he was... In the wilderness. And again in verse 4, it says that he was fulfilling the prophecy of Isaiah, the prophet, who said there was a voice of one calling in the wilderness. Now, in verse 7, there it says that there were crowds of people. Matter of fact, other gospel accounts speak of like all of Jerusalem and all of Judea coming to him. I mean literally every single person, but the idea is there were lots of people coming, but John wasn't really very interested in crowds. I mean, if crowds came, crowds came, but he wasn't seeking popularity. The reason I know that is he was in the wilderness. You don't go out in the desert if you're hoping for popularity. You don't go out in, in our vernacular in maybe uh, North America, in parts of North America at least, and in parts of a lot of the world. Uh, you don't go out in the woods or in the jungle for the crowds. You go into the city center. You, know, you go in the town square. You go right in the heart of where everybody is. John didn't do that because his preaching wasn't about seeking popularity, nor was his message one that he was very concerned about being accepted for. That leads to the third thing. Number one, he preached the Word of God, uh, and he was led by the Word of God. Number two, he wasn't seeking popularity or acceptance. And you can see that not only in his location, but also in his message. Because in his message, which wasn't seeking popularity, and it was based on the Word of God, his message was one of sin and judgment. And he called people to change. If you look at um, verse 3, it says he went uh, into all the country around the Jordan River preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The word repentance means a change, a turning, a pivot toward God, away from yourself. He's telling people, y'all can't keep on living the way you've been living. You've got to change. And then he talks about forgiveness of sins, which if you say, hey, you need to be forgiven... There's a pretty strong implication that, hey, you're in trouble right now. God's not happy with you because you have committed sin. We don't like to talk about sin. We don't like to talk about anybody doing anything wrong. We want to be like, oh, well, that was your opinion, or that's you, and that's me, and everybody has their own path they need to follow. John was not into that. John said, look, you have committed sins. Y'all are doing wrong. If you look at verse 7, check it out. He says, you brood of vipers. He's talking, these are people who are coming to hear him preach, right? If you want further confirmation that he wasn't concerned about popularity, here's what he said in verse 7. You brood of vipers. you Snakes, he calls them. Who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Bro, we just came to listen to a sermon. Why are you getting in my face like this? Talking about wrath and calling me a snake. And then, before I've had a chance to say a word, he says in verse 8, you need to produce fruit in keeping with repentance. In other words, don't just talk about it be about it. John's message was focused on the problem of sin, the reality of coming judgment, and the need for repentance, for change. All right, so thing number one that we learn about good preaching according to John is um, that it's based in the Word of God. Secondly, He wasn't seeking popularity or acceptance. And thirdly, his message focused on the dangers of sin, the coming of judgment, and the necessity for change. Now, whenever people heard this message, some people, no doubt, were offended and walked away. But other people said, like in verse 10, what should we do then? And here's what I love in verse 11. John answered, you know, some preachers like to just be rough, you know, they like to say, oh, the world's, you know, all this stuff, and y'all are going to hell, and this is terrible, and they like to talk about all these problems, but then, whenever people are looking for help, and answers, they don't give them, you know, they'll just say, things like, well, you need to pray on it, or if you knew, you would change, or, you know, like, if you had the Spirit, you would, no, like, John didn't do that, John answered them, so he would say, hey, you know what, if any of y'all have an abundance of possessions, you should give it to people who don't have, And there were people who were kind of accustomed to committing crimes against people who were less powerful than them. He says, hey, don't use your position of power to abuse them. Care about people who are less than you. It's interesting, while John had some of the most uh, condemning and harsh teaching, he also pointed to the importance of kindness and compassion and justice in uh, in the answers that he gave. And he gave real, specific answers um, for how people could change. It's a great lesson. I want to have preaching, not just that convicts me of my need for repentance, but also that gives me a path for the transformation that God wants. All right, so John was rooted in the word of God in his preaching. Uh, he wasn't seeking popularity or acceptance. You could see that as location and in the content of his message, in which he thirdly talked about sin and judgment and called people to change, called people to repentance. Fourthly, whenever people wanted answers, he gave real, specific, and practical answers for how they could change and repent and be forgiven of their sins. The fifth thing that we learned from John is that he pointed people to the savior and away from himself you know one danger of anybody who's an influencer is you want to draw people to yourself right you're a motivational speaker you want people to be impressed with you you're some kind of ceo or powerful person you want people to be impressed with you preachers certainly can fall into that trap and you can see that where they talk about themselves they love the popularity they love the fame they want a lot of people and we need to be careful of not overjudging or too quickly judging people just because they're well known or appreciated or popular doesn't necessarily mean that they're seeking that popularity, or they're pointing people to themselves. But that is certainly a danger. But the real test is not, is a guy popular or not? It's, who does he talk about the most? Who does he point people toward? John pointed them toward the Savior. Look at Luke 3, verse 16. They were wondering if he would be the Messiah. And in verse 16, John answered them all, Look, I baptize you with water, but the one who is more powerful than I will come. The straps of whose sandals, I'm not even worthy to untie. Do you hear what John's saying? He's like, look, the one who's coming, I can't even get down and touch his feet and take off his shoes. He's got the power to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. John pointed people to the Savior and away from himself. Good preaching and good preachers point people to Jesus. They use the Word of God. Not to seek popularity or acceptance, but to preach a real message, a message about sin and the danger of incoming judgment. They call people to change in that message. And whenever people are looking for answers for how to change and how to do God's will, good preachers and good preaching gives real, specific, practical answers, but that really points people to the Savior and away from himself. John is so impressive. And he's so radically different than most preaching and preachers that we see. Um, Actually, maybe the most impressive thing about him is that in pointing people to Jesus, he was willing to give up all of himself. Verses 19 and 20 say that whenever John preached against a powerful ruler of his time, Herod the Tetrarch, uh, John was thrown into prison because he was teaching the word of God and he didn't care if his message was popular Because he knew sin mattered and judgment was real and people needed to change. And so he gave real specific answers, even to someone who was powerful who could throw him in prison. He didn't care because he wanted to point people to the Savior. There's two practical lessons that John's ministry uh, teaches us. Number one, if you are someone who preaches and teaches, you need to follow the example of John you need to learn from him and try to embody these qualities in yourself and test your heart and test your practices secondly if you're someone who listens to preaching or if you're someone who's seeking out Jesus and you're like I don't know I know there's a lot of crooks out there there's a lot of phonies how do I know the real deal look for people that in some measure look and sound like John the Baptist no one's gonna be exactly like him but look for people that embody these characteristics so that ultimately You'll find the truth of the gospel and you won't be deceived. And when you find that, you can find the life that the truth provides. Thanks for listening. Um, Hey, if you hear anything on this podcast that you're like, I don't know if that's true, or I just have a question about that, you didn't explain that very much, uh, reach out to us. Uh, Hit us up on thewaybk.com. You can hit our contact page, email us. You can find us on Facebook at thewaybk, all uh, the space. Way, Space, BK. Um, Reach out to us. Let us know how we can help as you pursue Jesus, as you try to learn about the gospel so that you can follow him. Thanks for listening. See you next time.